Hello and welcome to the Standard Notes podcast. Standard Notes is the end-to-end encrypted note-taking app that keeps all of your stuff safe. My name is Adam, and just like you, I'm a member of the Standard Notes community. In every episode, I'm joined by Mo from Standard Notes, who's going to take us behind the scenes, sharing with us what the Standard Notes team has been working on. Plus, we'll field a few questions from the community too. We like to call these community updates. You can find them in your favorite podcast app, plus on YouTube. Mo, have you ever heard of Explain Like I'm Five? I have, yeah. I invented by Reddit. I think we're going to need it. This is episode two. We're laying the foundation here. And very few things are as important to standard notes as encryption. The standard notes users are a clever and attractive bunch of people. They know quite a lot about encryption, right? But for muggles, for people who might not know what encryption is or, or how it works... Explain like I'm five for me, Mo. What is encryption? Explain like I'm five. It's funny. It reminds me of, I was looking at a book on Amazon uh, for explaining neural networks to your to your baby child as like a two, three-year-old. And I was looking at the reviews and it's like, it's like this doesn't explain it, neural networks to a three-year-old. And I'm, I'm what, 33, and I just understood neural networks last year. So luckily, encryption is not as complicated as neural networks. What is encryption? Encryption is fundamentally a, a way of protecting your data, of locking your data with a key. And without this key, no one can do anything with your data. They can't read it. They can't decrypt it. They can't perform data mining. They can't target you advertisements based on the contents of this data. The key is important. And without the key, it would take even a supercomputer millions of years to try to guess the key brute force by just iterating through all the possible combinations. It's not possible. This is what encryption is. It's it's taking your data, using a key, using mathematic <clears throat> principles to apply that key to the text and shuffle around the text so that the end result is a bunch of gibberish that is indecipherable. And you need the key to bring the gibberish text back to you and back to something that you can understand. And with standard notes, end-to-end means that it is encrypted by your local application. There's a key that is present on your, let's say, let's say you're using the iPhone app. There's a key on your iPhone. This key only stays on your iPhone. It doesn't come to our servers. It never comes to our servers. It doesn't go on any server. And this key is what unlocks all your data. And so when your data makes its way to us, when you type a note, when you type a to-do, when you upload a file, the data comes to us completely encrypted. We don't have the key. It's just gibberish. We hold on to it for, for you so that you can sync all your devices and that if you so that if you lose a device you can just sign back into your account and your data is right there um, so that's end to end encryption end to end means that it's encrypted on the one end being of course your device and by the time it makes its way to us it's transferred through a secure connection https it's encrypted on all ends typically you might see some service describe themselves as encrypted and do not let that fool you because 
anyone who says encrypted but not end-to-end encrypted is being very deliberate. And not, it's not misleading, but it's important to know what encryption is and what end-to-end encryption is. If a service says, we offer encrypted storage and encrypted transmission of your data, that's just standard. That's That's like industry standard almost. What that means is that your data is not encrypted by some key on your local device. Instead, it's just sent through HTTPS. S is for secure. And that's the secure connection they're talking about. That's an encrypted secure connection. But when the data gets to their servers, they can the, the company can read that data. And what they'll do is they'll then encrypt that data with their own database key and store it in their database. So that way, if a their database is breached by a hacker, um, at least the hacker won't be able to if they don't have access to the same key, they won't be able to decipher that data. But the company themselves can still decipher that data. And this is why end-to-end encryption is the sort of flagship. It's it's the most important type of encryption when it comes to protecting your personal data. Otherwise, you do stand to be data mined. You stand to just be at the mercy of whatever this company wants to do with your data. Sell it, mine it, analyze it, spy on it, respond to subpoenas with it. Not that we'd like to necessarily be subversive to the law, but you do have a right to protect yourself and, and, and your your important information from those who do, you don't want seeing it. And it, it to me, I don't discriminate against who I don't want seeing. It's everyone. I don't want anyone but me to see my my thoughts, my notes. The things that are most important to me are the things that go in in, in my notes, and no one has the right to see that. And End-to-end encryption gives you that right, which I think is fundamental. It's irreplaceable. I will never go back to using something that isn't end-to-end encrypted. And it's something that I seek out for all products I, I look for now. And so, I mean, this is this is the cornerstone of, of Standard Notes as a product, as an application. It's a safe space to store all of your stuff. In, in, what, uh, in what ways does, does Standard Notes keep that safe. We've spoken about end-to-end encryption, but in terms of standard notes specifically, what does that mean? So specifically, when it comes to how your data is handled, on the what we, what we call the client side, the client is just your local application, whether it's on your iPhone, whether it's on your desktop, that's called the client side encryption. And what that means is that every little change, every file you upload is run through encryption algorithms that take place on your device. And so we use what is called XChaCha 20, which as you know, it is not a dance. It is a very serious uh, uh, sort of upgrade uh, to AES encryption, sort of becoming the industry standard used by Cloudflare and and Google and the likes. There is, we talked about in, in the last episode, the importance of your password in standard notes. Your password is the key to your account. There's nothing else you need to remember. There's no like dual keys that you need to somehow keep track of, which I, which I think is just too complicated or UX. Your password is run through, when you enter your password, we run it through an algorithm called Argon2 on your device. Argon2 takes your password and it runs it through a bunch of iterations using a lot of memory to stretch your password. These are sometimes called like key stretching functions to stretch your password into something more secure, into a, let's say, 
let's say your password is 12 characters, we can take those 12 characters and get a 256-bit key out of them. And what that does is that instead of someone, if your password was like, you know, password one, two, three, someone could guess that very easily just running through all the possible comments. Well, that's a bad example because that's probably in some list. So let's say white elephant 46. If you just told us your password. Right. It's probably someone's <laughs> password out there. If you just try to guess, actually white elephant 46 is a pretty long password, but you can somewhat more or less guess that by just going through all the letters and numbers. But if you run it through Argon 2, to eventually get at your 256-bit key would require a, a really good amount of memory. So to do that, to, to, to go through all the possible combinations in all of space and try to come up with the same 256-bit key is impossible, very expensive. Unlike sort of, uh, let's say, the industry standard of PBKDF2, which is another key-stretching algorithm that is more reliant on just CPU kind of like Bitcoin, where it just sort of, um, it's not memory bound, it's CPU bound. So if you have really capable CPUs and, and you can sort of combine a bunch of CPUs, you can uh, magnify your guessing power. With Argon 2, it, it's really just a lot more implausible because you, you don't have that much access to memory as easily and it's far more expensive. So if encryption is basically a giant mathematical problem, what happens when computers become better and faster and are able to solve those problems more quickly? This is something our listeners asked about. If you've got a question for us, Discord is the place to ask. There's a couple of thousand people in our Discord server. We've got a channel there. It's called Podcast. Ask us anything. We might answer it in a future episode. Raphael wants to know about post-quantum threats and post-quantum encryption algorithms. So does Donna Wolfback. So, Mo, quantum computing, it's coming. Is, are, are all of my standard note secrets at risk? They're not. They're not at risk. So quantum computing is definitely interesting. It's scary, but it's very theoretical. And it's not an excuse. There's no excuse. Even if it's theoretical, we know how fast things change. But there's a few things to sort of uh, put you at peace. Firstly, there's two types of encryption. There's asymmetric encryption. That's like the public-private key encryption, things used by collaborative apps. <clears throat> and then there's symmetric encryption. Symmetric is just like one-way encryption, essentially, where you use the same key to encrypt and decrypt. And, and asymmetric is used sort of different keys, and, and you can see where those words, terms come from. Asymmetric encryption is a bit <clears throat> at theoretical risk by quantum computing because the sort of algorithms used in deriving keys in those in those algorithms are prone to better solutions by quantum computing but it's still theoretical because those computers don't yet exist and basically it comes down to something called shor's algorithm and if if you're able to get a computer that can run that algorithm um in in a sufficient size then it becomes far more interesting but Overall, when it comes to asymmetric encryption, we, we will have to find some solutions. Not not a, not a standard notes, but just as a whole entire industry. It is something that is being watched very carefully, and it's it's still very theoretical. And um, it, it, you know, usually 
in our case at least, asymmetric encryption will be used to generate keys for collaboration, but those keys will be used to generate symmetric keys and the symmetric keys will be used to encrypt your data. Symmetric encryption is not really at risk uh, by quantum computing. And if it were, it would just be a function of key size. And really, w when you start dealing with 256-bit keys, it's, it, it stops becoming a problem. So if you're, if you're using 128-bit keys like AES-128, just upgrade to AES-256 and you should be fine from the quantum risk. So when it comes to asymmetric, in our case, you know, as we, as applied to standard notes, we are beginning to incorporate asymmetric encryption in our systems. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode where we talked about collaborative features that we're sort of working on. And the way that works is that the asymmetric encryption is, of course, you need to share a secret between multiple people and asymmetric encryption is, is the perfect way to do that. But these secrets are, are usually short-lived. You use them to encrypt in sort of messages rather than the data itself. And so in our case, we'll use asymmetric encryption to, for, to allow users to, to share sort of short-lived messages and keys with each other. But past that, those keys are then used to share a symmetric key. And that symmetric key is used to encrypt your data. And so if quantum computing tomorrow becomes a risk, well, then we just upgrade our algorithms to use quantum-proof asymmetric encryption algorithms. We don't have to worry about a lot of existing data because all your existing like files and notes will be symmetrically encrypted. We don't need to do anything there. And this is where the importance of protocol upgrading comes into play. We talked about this again in the last video a little bit where we talked about how standard notes features a really robust system for swapping out and upgrading encryption algorithms. This is something that a lot of companies factor in way too late and it becomes way too difficult to change and swap out algorithms. Like if, if tomorrow a new algorithm uh, or uh, a vulnerability was found in some kind of symmetric or asymmetric function in our code, we, we'll just release a software update that uses the new algorithm. It's seamless for our users. It just looks like they're changing their password. It's really what it is. It's just we regenerate their keys. We, we process some of their data. So the risk is not... It's not too scary. It, it, you know, th there's the theoretical aspect of just the, the, the quantum nature of these computers breaking encryption. Well, um, rest assured, it's, 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 well, I don't want to say rest assured, it's only asymmetric. Well, it's, you know, our entire society is built on asymmetric encryption. Um, but th these things are, are, are carefully watched and, and, and there is progress made on, on new systems. And, and for us, it's easy to swap out these systems. And right now, without these collaborative features, we, we use 100% symmetric encryption, 256-bit. Uh, and so there is no risk there. So to summarize then, standard notes, end-to-end -end encrypted, incredibly secure, and future-proof as well. Correct. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would say that's a great way to describe it. And speaking of future-proof, updates. This podcast is all about updating the standard notes users uh, on stuff that's happened with the app since the last time that we spoke. What have you and the rest of the Standard Notes team worked on in the past few weeks that you're particularly excited about? So we are still, <clears throat> at least two of us are really heads down on the sort of top secret project related to sort of collaboration that we're working on. 
it's it's one of the most difficult features we've ever t- undertaken and it's, it's why we've never undertaken it I, I have a youtube video up on center notes something the whole video talked about should we build end-to-end encrypted collaboration and the conclusion was no no we we, we want to we want to live we want to see our kids and smile and and uh we knew how complicated this feature was and it prevented us from ever taking it on. But at some point, I don't know, for me, I, I sort of have to be the champion of this, of, of any big sort of projects because, well, for whatever reason. And I was always, of course, the person holding us back from building this and rightfully so. And as, yeah, as soon as I got into it, I'm like, okay, now I see why we never did this. This is painful. It's so painful to build this feature because you're just fighting, like you're just fighting gravity upwards. It's not even like this. It's just like going up against like insane amounts of um, technical burden and problem solving and refactoring and taking a system that was meant for one player and making it work for multiple. It was so, so painful, but it's rewarding. And you see it through. And, you know, what I realize, honestly, it sounds kind of like nothing, but the hardest features, the hardest thing you can ever imagine building when it comes to software, it's just code. It's just code you have to write. And it's just a function of time. Code is really just a function of time. And so if you can apply six hours every day to any problem, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how opaque, no matter how abstract, how intimidating it is, if you just chip away every day and just do something at it, the problem will have no choice but to manifest itself and clear, you know, to, to part the seas for you and say, okay, well, here's a solution. It, it's not intractable. It's solvable. It's just a function of time. And and this was a somewhat important understanding for me that to help me realize that even the, the hardest problem, problems that seem impossible, that seem like you would need a 100-person-sized company to build this problem, well, it's just code. It's just time. Give it the time. Whack away on the keyboard day by day, and you find yourself, if you, and you fast forward two to three months, and you find that, oh, wow, I look at, look at what I built. like, uh, and, and that's how any product comes to be. Um, it's just code. And, and, and so this is what finally allowed me to start at least undertaking this project and see what it would look like. And the hardest part is like, what does it even look like? I got lost in that for multiple weeks. Um, but we're in a good place now. It's, it's starting to look very concrete, uh, very promising. And um, so, yeah, we're still very heads down on this project. But, but we're still making updates on the regular on... I, I, it's good for me to take a break in between and, and work on normal things and, and ship something to production so you get some kind of uh, sense of accomplishment. Unfortunately for this podcast, they are, again, internal, like refact- low-level refactors that that are huge for us. I mean, it's, it's so exciting. So uh, we shipped a uh, refactor last week that changed the way we display editors like super and uh, the markdown editor and spreadsheets before we'd have to install a plugin or component and then map it to this and do that and do that now it's just like native and it's impossible to describe Uh, but that took me a week a full week again one of those projects that just i got lost in 
And so there's a lot of that going on. And, and I, I suspect that's a lot, what a lot of companies lose a lot of time in is these things that they really can't tell users about because there's no way of explaining it or, or no way of making them care about it. But nonetheless, we, we have made, uh, we continue to release um, upgrades for users that make sense. If you go to standard notes, um, use any of the apps and you go into preferences, there's a what's new um, section and it's, it's updated pretty frequently and, and you'll see exactly what we release and fixes, features, everything. Speaking of functions of time, I think that might be all we've got time for. That's, wow, this are you are you a coder? I mean, that's that's an excellent transition. Thanks for enjoying our podcast. Remember, if you've got a question for us, Discord is the place to ask. Join literally thousands of other Standard Notes users. There's a link in the show notes. And if you've never heard of Standard Notes, you're thinking, who are these two beautiful people talking at me? Standard Notes is the end-to-end encrypted note-taking app that keeps all of your stuff safe. And as we've heard... That's that's good. You can download it, try it for free, and unlock the full potential with tons of powerful extra features by upgrading to standardnotes.com is the place to try it. I've been Adam, he's been Mo, and until next time, think fearlessly. Your RAM... 